to another episode of Sports and Songs Podcast. We're on season five, episode number 15. Tonight's the sports edition. Andy, how are you? It's spring training. I was going to say, it's probably good. Pitchers and catchers report. Some are there now, yeah. It's official. So today is February 12th, 2024. The football season has come to a conclusion. We're ready to go headfirst into baseball. The Super Bowl was yesterday. Baseball kicks off spring training it's gonna get fun it's a beautiful time of year you love it the the off-season hot stove is a tough time for you you almost go into a kind of a sads sad kind of a seasonal affect disorder and then baseball comes back and you're ready to roll you get that shot of energy back in life and you're good to go so we're gonna have a trivia question to start off the show and then we'll hand it over to andy with some sports updates here for the listening audience the trivia question okay. is this super bowl was last night of course everyone knows that but how many times in super bowl history has a game for the super bowl been played indoors in a dome but with natural grass so not artificial mm-hmm. turf but with real turf in other words, real grass, real blades of grass. Uh, you know, it looked odd once again, you know, seeing the guys get tackled in the game yesterday and then coming up with grass stains. And I thought it was artificial turf. I didn't know that that was real grass in Vegas, Allegiant Stadium, but it was. All right. So, so the so question is, how many times is a Super Bowl? We know it's one. At least one. Okay. At least one. How many times has the Super Bowl been played indoors right. and with natural grass? We'll get to the trivia question answer at the end of the episode along with some other fun facts about that. Yes. There it is. Ham's Beer Fest next Sunday at Medina. Yes. Check our social media. Check Medina Entertainment Center social media. All the cool kids will be there. Spring training goes says here. There's Mr. Matthews down there getting all tanned up. A great tan. Yep, he's gonna watch those tan lines. Those gloves on as long as he's being safe. You know, skin cancer for a guy his age is a real thing. Watch the seam lines, not the tan lines, but the seam lines. Yes. And Mrs. Meth, I'm sure, is at the beach. She'll get in tan too. All right, we start with yesterday's big game: Iowa Hawkeyes, Nebraska Cornhuskers women's basketball. Awesome. Um, Caitlin needed 39 point or uh, yeah, 39 points. See, they lost by three. Can't tell you what happened here. Caitlin had 31 after three quarters. Coach told her don't shoot because she was saying all along. The fans in Iowa deserve to see her break the record there. Coach, you're wrong. Your fans deserve you to get a national championship. There I said it. Yes. Jazz Shelley for the Cornhuskers. She's a great player. She went off. She was going off all game. Caitlin just passed. Oh, yes. Caitlin hit a 1,000 career assists. Unbelievable. We want the points. You could have done both in one game, but they told you don't shoot. She had – we'll get that later. Oh, boy. That was Jazz Shelley. First win versus Iowa since December of 2019 for the Cornhuskers. Okay. Wow. That's a nine-game losing streak there. Has never played an entire fourth quarter without scoring a point. Before their game yesterday against Nebraska. Okay. Points went in the fourth. They said, don't shoot. The fans at home deserve to see it. And so she had a zero point score in the fourth quarter. 
Iowa did drop to four, so they'll still get a one seed at this rate. But you know what? You want that national championship. This might hurt them later on. Tickets for her game. Two seats together going for $10,000 each. I'll say that again. Wow. $10,000 each for a women's basketball game. And you look at the crowd, that's all these young girls that, that, that's always what they've pumped with Iowa. The young girls, the young girls, they come out. And they do. They come out in droves. I don't even know what a drove is, but I'm sure they come out in it. Yes. <laughs> I think it's a good thing. I'm pretty sure I didn't just swear. But nice. it's a good thing. Um, so via StubHub, if you had $10,406, you can go sit and watch Caitlin play that game and, and get her, her points. So, yeah. And it's not just Caitlin on the team. They had a game the other day. Only one D1 men's or women's team has had at any point in the last 25 years, same game or not. Player get 45 points on 85% shooting in the game. 45 plus points, I'm sorry. 85% shooting a game. A player with 25 plus points and 15 plus assists in a game. And a player with 15 plus points and 15 plus rebounds in a game. Iowa did that all in one game last week. Wow. Kate Martin had the 15 points, 15 boards. Caitlin, 25-15. The new gal underneath the center, 45. She had that 47-point game, and she had 85% shooting in the game. So they did that all in one game. So it's not just Caitlin carrying this team. They have a great team, and I've been saying that all along, people. Hear a lot me of talent. Got some more sports notes for you. NASCAR wives are better than NFL wives. Just gonna say, nice. But just you, the picture says it all right there. Kyle just leave that right there. And I don't know who that other one is. She's not very attractive though. But there you go. Football stadiums hold eighty-two thousand five hundred people. There's a couple of NASCAR races, four hundred thousand and one for the Indy five hundred, or one hundred sixty-seven thousand. But you know, no one watches cars going in circles. I guess. Unless, hey, you know what? Here's a good question, Andy, and maybe it's yep. already been done. But when the season ends, you know, the yep. home teams for baseball, football, basketball, hockey, all have, you know, the attendance records for that season, the attendance yep. stats. And so NASCAR does it. NASCAR does, you know, they move around different locations. Yep. But at the end of the season, their total attendance, how does that rank up there with the other uh, top four sports? I couldn't tell you, like I said, well, if you look at some of the stadiums right there, I mean, Indy 500 holds 4,000. Yeah, so and there's and there's 160,000 in one stadium, and that they have amazing dozens of races a year. So now, for comparison, that that Super Bowl last night had 61,000, I think. Yep, that's cute. Yeah, no, 82 Watch is an average NFL, but 61. Watch Daytona next Sunday, see how many people are there. And here's the other thing, I heard today. All right, fired me up. Here we go. Was it 14 million people or no, 16 million people called in sick today? That's 14% of the workforce. Yes. Why? Oh, move football to a Saturday. What? It's it's a game. Okay. The Daytona 500 NASCAR people. We showed the picture earlier of the wives. Let's play the stereotype of NASCAR fans. 
So we have the Daytona 500 Sunday. We're all going to work Monday morning just fine. 14% of the workforce called in sick. 28% said they'd be there, but they wouldn't be at 100%. Really, people? For a football game? World Series is played every night. Three, there's three weeknight games right there during the week. We all make it to work next day. Stanley Cup, hockey fans, really? You think they just drink milk all night? I don't think so. Hockey fans stay for Stanley Cup. They make it to work the next day. Yeah, there's even Super Bowl parties. Don't get me wrong. I've thrown my diet out the window at Super Bowl parties. I've consumed mass quantities, as they say on Saturday Night Live at Super Bowl parties. And I won the next day. Now, the uh, what was I just going to say? The uh, oh, someone had talked about it in the past to pass a law to make that Super Bowl Monday a national holiday that's to take off. That's a that's a joke, right? Or was that actually introduced? There is people that really want to do that. And I just say, suck it up. I mean, I remember back in my youth, that high school, early college, even, which is okay, farther along than I thought that I want to admit. The game was like a noon game or a one o'clock game on a Sunday. But why do they need it so late in the day? Have it at noon. Why yeah, does that be late in the day? Have it at noon so it's nice weather outside, not under the lights. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. And what people do is they've they've turned it into an all day tailgate party, and then they can't function the next day to get up and go to their own uh, job. So but if you make the game at noon, then you're done by four o'clock at the latest. Do you keep drinking then? That's on you. Don't blame yeah, the game. It's a big. It's a big a cha ching cha ching. I yeah. think is the answer. Yeah. Major League Baseball owners heard a presentation last Wednesday on how MLB players could play in the 2028 Olympics in Los Angeles. It would include six to eight nations, four to five day tournament in mid-July, and the All-Star game would either be held or canceled that year. I don't know how I feel on this. Um, You take a week or so off, week plus off, for the pros to play. I guess here, here's some more things I'd want to know on that. I, I guess I got no problem if they play. You take a week off, no All-Star game. Would you take four days off for now anyway? So what's what's two more days, I guess? I'll get over it. But I want to know how this is going to affect things for like pitching rotations, suspensions, stuff like that. You know, does this still go on? Like the All-Star break, those days don't count. But it messes with your pitching rotation. Um. You're adding two, three more days off. You're going in November already at the World Series. So if you're going to do that that season, every four years of those Olympics, that's great. But schedule some doubleheaders then. You know. Yeah, it's, um, it's, I, I love the no, Olympics. I love baseball. Don't get me wrong. But it's not like every team's sending three guys. Yeah, it's uh, and it hasn't it's been, been a before and after the, the break. They haven't determined the location for the 2028 All-Star Game yet. That's what's pushing all this, right? Because yeah, it's- so that's what they could do because the Olympics will be in L.A., so they know it's going to be right here in the States. We're not losing a lot of time with that for travel. I see, I see. You know, the thing is, okay, it'd be great this time, but say the next time it's in Japan, you had to add a couple more days for travel. Again, I got no problem with it. But, uh, okay, I'll just take the Twins or the Mets, for example. Mets will probably have you guys go because of the Dominican Republic players and stuff like that. But uh, schedule doubleheaders during the season then to make up for it. 
so we're not going too late in. Don't short the season, but schedule some more doubleheaders in there. And just it is what it is, you know. Now, what's your thoughts, Andy, uh, in which – and I don't think I've ever made this known, but my my feelings and thoughts are still that the Olympics should be an amateur sport only. Yes. I, oh, I if agree. If you paid for doing something for a real-life, real-time job, uh, you shouldn't even be eligible for the Olympics. This, this should be for 15- to 18-year-old kids, you know. But – you know, and here's where the classification or qualifications come in. I agree. Yes. If they want to shut the minors down and send the players, great, sir. But is our minor league players professionals? Yes, they're getting paid, so they're still pros. So you send so, the youth. So you send the college all-stars, basically. Yeah, I don't I don't know. But with that being said, though, okay, Pro Beach Volleyball has a tour all year long, and those guys play in the Olympics. They're pros. This is just our stop for them. Golf, yeah. the Olympics, or tennis, it's just their stop on their tour. So that's where you're kind of like some sports, that is their pros because they don't have an amateur. So um, it's kind of the, yes, I think the, it should be just amateurs playing, but if we've opened the floodgates, let's just do it. Yeah, it's a tough, it's a tough cat. Good, good, go local here. Congrats to Bryce Burkhart or Brickett, uh, Watertown Mayor kid, wrestling. Broke Coach Reinhardt's record, school record for her 195th win. Congrats. Bryce. That is a tough thing to do, and 195 wins is no, is no slouch at all. It's kind of neat when you break your coach's record. Yes. Speaking with the Watertown Mayor Royals. Congrats to Coach Hangartner and the entire Watertown Mayor Gymnastics Program. WCC champs for the ninth straight year, 119th straight dual victories, 100th conference title in school history. Like we say with the girls' gymnastics tournament, it is the Watertown Mayor Invitational. So congrats. Those are some unreal stats right there. Yeah. I don't care what sport it is. Nine straight championships in your conference, 109 straight dual victories. Or 119, I'm sorry. 100th conference title in school history. That's 100th title in school history. Let's just stop right there. You have won nine in a row, 100th overall. That means, okay, eight, the sport's been around at least 100 years, if not more, because they'd say 100 straight then. So this, it's not just something in the water the last few years there at Watertown Mayor for gymnastics. It's, it's, you know. Now that's a dynasty right there. That, yeah, that don't give me your Patriots with six Super Bowls in 18 years. That's cute. Three Super Bowls in five years. That's cute. Watertown Mayor Dance. Says, hey, hold, hold my beer. Yeah. They said, hold my Gatorade. Hold my Gatorade. Look at what we've done. Yeah. Yeah. Three out of five. That's cute. But congratulations, girls, and to the coaching staff there. Gymnastics. Boy, that is, that's 119 straight dual victories. Right. Can you imagine if a wrestling team could say that in high school? And there have been some that have been good, but not that many. I can't Right. Remember. I mean, how many wrestling schools, let's say they had nine straight dual victories, let alone 119? Yeah. You know? Um, Get back to the Hawkeyes. They're already against Penn State. 657,000 viewers on the Big Ten Network. 
That's on the Big Ten Network watched a women's basketball game. So Kovic was on Fox or NBC or CBS with what do you have for viewership? Probably seven hundred thousand. There was my boy Jesse Orozco on the state nineteen seventy nine. Now this was five days ago when I got this off the internets. Okay. So on that date, 1979, the Twins sent minor leaguer Jesse Orozco to the Mets as a player to be named later to complete the earlier trade for West Central Minnesota native Jerry Kuzman. Kuz, of course, was a postseason hero for the Miracle Mets in 69, and Orozco would become a postseason legend with the Mets in 86. The 36-year-old Kuzman won 20 games for the Twins in 79 and received some Cy Young votes. Orozco eventually pitched for the Twins in 2003, 25 years after they originally traded him. His 1,252 pitching appearances is the most in Major League history. Believe it or not, his final career pitch resulted in a walk-off strikeout. Yeah, not enough gets said about Mr. Orozco. What a way to end your career, though. Striked out the last guy, end the game. I'm done. You know. A very good pitcher, yes. Kentucky men's basketball team has lost three straight at Rupp Arena for the first time ever. Ever. Yeah, they don't lose at home too often. Yeah, it's three in a row at home. Um, Coach Calipari might be looking for a job. Don't know. Yeah, and this is not, you know, we're not talking non-conference early season. Yeah, we're in, we're in mid-conference. <coughs> we're in the thick of things here. And three straight at home in conference play. Yeah. yeah. That's shocking news right there. Got a couple baseball notes here for you. Twins, as I got this from multiple sources, Twins are keeping tabs on Noah Syndergaard and Michael Lorenz. Thor could be a twin. Thor. Dan. Look at both those guys with flow. We have some flow here. Serious salad. But don't say cool yet, Dan. I'm getting to that later. Okay. Uh, back on the first, the Mets did invite non-roster shortstop Jet Williams to spring training. I'm trying not to be the old man in the trailer park, but that is a picture of Jet Williams. That's not what I picked Jet Williams to look like. <laughs> Five six, 175 pounds. I pictured some kid like six 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 seven, 175 pounds. Jeff know? Williams, yes, some not five six. But here's what's better. Here's his numbers. Last year, 2003, three different stages of the minor leagues. Say what you will, minor leagues or not, I don't care. 121 games. He had 108 hits, 118 strikeouts, but walked 104 times. Okay. It's and 104 walks. Just let that sink in for a minute there. It's just unreal. And I think that's why the, the twins at, at second base, like this, uh, what's his name at second? Uh, the new guy. Yep. Julian. Got- Eduardo Julian. Great eye yep. at the plate. Leadoff hitter. Walks a ton of times. Does not hardly strike out and then gets on base besides. And those are great stats to look at. I mean, yeah, he had 118 Ks, but he had 104 walks and 108 hits, 45 steals, caught seven times, batted 263. So with all those walks, his odd base is four and a quarter. You know, so that look like I said, look for Jet. He's a shortstop. 
But you got Francisco Lindor. Well, Jets 20. We're having issues at third. Do you move Jet to second? Do you throw him in the outfield? If you're, your name's Jet, you can play the outfield. Um, you know, do you win the third and try to trade your two guys at third base? What do you do? Who knows? There is some numbers right there. I thought that was impressive. But there you go, Dan. That's the sound I was talking about right there. Whoa, dude. Random college athletes Twitter. Random. That's the Twitter feed called random check college. The, check out the stash. The stash. Check out the hair. Look at that. It's a beautiful thing. Now, that would be so he's Northland College. Is that is that here? I, I don't know. I just saw the, that uh, and I thought the MIAC uh or the uh I I just saw that picture and fell in love. That could be North Central, that, you know that that's uh, that's a division three school here in the upper Midwest, I think. And that's a great check the schedule. We'll try to get to a game. He's got the Mr. T starter set going there with the jewelry. Yes. Starter set. Yep. He's got the flow. Big flow. The what does it look mustache. like? Is it business up top? We can't see with the cap. We we obviously know it's party in the back. I'm going to go with it because you look at the sides there. Unless he's got them pulled up pretty tight. Those sides are pulled back pretty good. I'm going to think he's got the flat top going up top. It's nice and tight. Okay. Okay. No. All right. So let's make a note and follow uh, Mr. This is our, our, our new favorite player. What's um, his name? Kendalzen Mount, Northland College. Kansas, that was okay, that's, that's, his, that's his first that's just name. A school name. Okay. So he's a pitcher and an infielder. I'm going to guess first base. Maybe third. Wow. Yeah, so that's – got to follow the Jacks, see how they do this year. They've probably already got games under the belt. You need to tag Town Ball Tuesday on this one on the on the Twitter machine. He needs to see this young man. He does. Yeah, the bar has been set. Tom well, Ball he's going to make most of any kind of top 10 flow that I can think of. He's got an NIL deal, I bet, for that mustache cream company, too. He can, yeah, that is – that takes uh, – that's some talent there. And them teeth look in good shape, too. So, you know, Colgate action. I like to see the before and after picture like that Bison lineman. Yes. When he when he as he went his freshman year through college, yes. This will be good. Okay, I'll certainly follow this cat. That's that's what that's what I got, man. That's what I got. So we'll follow him. Now we've got a little trivia answer, and we got some other things. Now I got one thing about the game last night. Yeah. I did not watch it and learn off what I read. So correct me if I'm wrong. Which I admitted my mistake a couple weeks ago on the one. Very the rare. Transit, Are you so wrong, Andy? I'm pretty sure I'm not going to be wrong two episodes in a row here. The game went overtime last night, correct? Yes. And each team had a possession because each team scored, correct? Yes. Do you know why each team gets the possession now? Because of the Vikings-Falcons playoff game. Is that what it was? So they went yeah, down. So the Falcons the got down that field. Vikes never got the ball. Received, Vikes had that great record. And, and everybody over. said, that can't happen. So because of the Vikings, they changed the rules, and they still can't make the Super Bowl. But, yes. Well, now, I was looking. You know, this is, what, 56 Super Bowls or something like that? And there's yes, never yeah. been an overtime game until a few years ago. And now we had one again. So, Andy, in 
you, you, both of our lifetimes, we've been able to see, if you watched the game, uh, you, you did not, but uh, to see both overtime games in a Super Bowl history. Well, one guy was the CBS will say it was going to be double overtime is what they refer to it as. Thought it might be double overtime. Yeah, and I don't know how to refer that. They they did talk about that, and I didn't know that rule myself. But uh, they were not worrying about the clock running out because I thought the game ended in after that first period. Unless it's tied, you go to double overtime. They said no, it's a whole new game that starts. You're just in the first quarter. Yeah, you can let the time run off and just switch sides and score in the second quarter. See, that's I've never like, heard of that before. But XFL or college or whatever, where they do it, where you just get the ball at the 25 yard line first and 10. That's what it should be. That's USFL, XFL, or the new UFL. They get rid of the kicking game altogether in, in the yeah. overtime. You just you get four downs to score uh, from various points, uh, yards on the field, and you can you know do whatever you want to do there. There's no kicking. You know, if you want to no go for a field goal and hope your defense holds them, go for it. But yeah. yeah, there's just no punting and there's no kickoffs. You just get the ball and yeah. they just do that. So that's that's pretty cool. So this one's different because I've seen some notes on actual players on the team, Andy, actual players on the roster that says, so if they went down there and scored a field goal, the game's not over. It's We still get a chance to get the yeah, ball. They said, they I, didn't, know. I didn't know the rules. Yeah, players don't even know the rules in their own game. How, how, how would they not know the rules? Well, you may okay. not. Have you seen most of the NFL players? Now, I can agree you may not know the intricacies of some of the strange rules or the not ones that are not very common, but the overtime, you know, if you go down and kick a field goal, of course the other team gets the ball back. And there sounds like there's some people that didn't know know that or know what the rules were. And that that I think is alarming, but not surprising, maybe. Yeah. So anyway, that's uh Chiefs win the game. Uh 49ers lose. Good game altogether, but Mahomes three time MVP, Super Bowl MVP. It's uh it's gonna be interesting. Uh, I thought Brock Purdy played a good game. Um Christian McCaffrey had 80 yards on the ground and 80 yards through the air for a combined 160. And then Mr. Uh Jennings for the 49ers had a touchdown reception and threw a touchdown on a trick play. Okay. A lateral back tossed it in. First player ever, I think the record was to throw. A touchdown pass and receive one in the same game in the Super Bowl. Well, I know Anton Randall L threw one for the Steelers in one game. Yes. That little midget Heinz Ward. I don't know if he caught one in that game or not. So he must not have because this is the first time someone caught and passed. So um wait fun stuff. Didn't didn't Nick Foles do it in Philadelphia? Didn't he throw one? He caught one on the Philadelphia trick play. Well, then he did he not throw one in that game? Was it all rushing touchdowns? I don't know if that's the record. Uh, and maybe maybe the record is for a non-quarterback. Okay. I mean, Foles maybe didn't throw one in that game. I don't know. That's happened I'm too, assuming right? Foles would have thrown one at some point in the game. Um, so maybe that's what the record is. The thing I was watching that I thought was cool, because there's so much focus on defense and so much focus on offense, that special teams came through with that, that rookie kicked the field goal in the first half, which was a Super Bowl record. And then the Chiefs, Tuckner comes in in the second half and kicks one further to break that record. Hold my beer. Hold your beer. He's looking it up now, everybody. And check out the Nick Foles record here, yep. We're looking up Nick Foles' record because uh, Jennings did have a good game. Um, 
The nice thing I thought was that the top two tight ends in the game of football right now are in there. And the best tight end, the all pro, the NFC, NFL all pro was George Kittle. And I think he has, he had one catch for four yards or two catches for four yards or something. That was it. And Kelsey had nine or 10, uh, nine or 10 catches. He was more of a playmaker, but they didn't get him involved early on. In, uh, but boy, the Kittle to hold him, to shut him down like that, uh, top tight end is right. in, in, interesting stuff. Um, now the trivia, I can go on with the trivia. Yep, go ahead. The trivia question for the listeners at the beginning, here's a trivia question, is they played, what, 56 Super Bowls. How many Super Bowls have been played indoors in a domed stadium indoors, but not on artificial turf, but rather on natural grass, real real blades of grass? Uh, they played that at Allegiant Stadium in Vegas. Um, real grass and in a domed stadium. The answer, Andy, what's your thoughts? think well i know it's been in arizona i know they got the grass they roll in and out so it's been two stadiums but i don't know how many games have been in arizona arizona has hosted the super bowl already three times in glendale and so one time in the vegas three times the grand total is four four times have super bowls been played indoors but yet on natural grass and like you said andy arizona and now vegas as well they bring the field out on a tray outside to grow the grass in the natural sunlight and water it game time. They bring it in. It takes about 65 minutes to bring it in and they do it 48 hours in advance to then start painting the end zones, the markers, the various logos. They bring it in when they paint. And then when the, and the field gets brought in there, they use that concrete flat surface for various tents and vendors and beer garden sales and, uh, and inflatable tents and things like that for the kids. They're able to utilize that space, but they bring it in. Do you have an answer, Andy? Nick Foles threw three in that game and caught one. Okay. And I'm looking up Randall L's numbers right now. Yeah, and so maybe Randall L didn't because Jennings was either a record. Now, I don't think that he tied a record. It sounded to me like they broke the record, but keep looking. I'll tell the listeners more about this Vegas stadium. Well, it just says five catches for 72 yards in two games. Never says he had a touchdown. Nice. So, Andy, check this out. Vegas, where the Raiders play, they only play 10 home games a year. They roll that tar turf out and roll it back in. That's the only time they bring it in is for the home games, eight in the regular season, two in the preseason for the Raiders. UNLV plays their home games there, but they keep the field out, and they lay down artificial turf when they play. Oh, wow. Our UNLV plays on artificial turf right over the concrete on the floor there with their own – painting uh painted logos uh and end zones and whatnot they play wow. on artificial turf they don't even use the real grass and i don't think the raiders have the the plan to let allow them to use the, how, how expensive it is to raise the grass and grow it out there i guess they just keep it out and they roll down and set in place artificial turf for unlv football which is also only seven times a year is what i'm i'm guessing maybe well now for for arizona because <clears throat> that stadium's on college campus that was a college, like, I don't want to say project, but idea to do that. So college and pro both do that for their games. Yeah, and that would be there in Arizona. Now, the interesting thing is I was looking up prices for tours at Allegiant Stadium. The, an adult tour for one person is $69 just to get to tour the facility. Okay. Most of them nowadays are 20 30 40 bucks, but $69 for one single tour for an adult. It's very spendy, but it's state-of-the-art stadium. Mm -hmm. Now – 
think of this. If you're getting a tour, you're looking down on the field when you're going through the suites and the concourse and the, uh, the, uh, the press box and whatnot. You have to be looking down on a football field that says Raiders in the end zone. Remember, the, state, the, the grass is outdoors. They made an artificial turf stadium for visual optics that they lay oh, down wow. for tours. <laughs> so it says Raiders on both ends. It's painted with all the yard markers, artificial turf. There's never been a game played on that. It's just for visual op optics. I was blown away by that. Just for looks. They said you can't have them looking down at concrete or, you know, a basketball floor or hockey, whatever they use in there uh, normally. It's just a concrete floor. So for the Vegas drawings. Because it's Vegas, you gotta you got to have the football field down. When the game time comes, they roll that up, put that wow. in the storage, and bring in the real field. So I, we're trying to educate here, Andy. I did not know that. Very hmm. random stuff. We got some but I do like the, I do like the stadium. That's the newest one out there. U.S. Bank, you know, is great. Uh, Allegiant. SoFi, AT&T Bank Stadium. A lot of these new ones are unbelievable, but they're also over $1 billion. So, uh, happens breaking head coach, now Dallas Cowboy defensive coordinator, Mike Zimmer. So, uh, interesting. Leslie Frazier, former Viking, is now going to get a head coach as a defensive gig again. So, names from the past. And I think he'll be good at that. Head coach, it's just it's just tough for people to pull that off. And I got one other point just to think of here for you. NFL announced their Pro Bowl inductees for this next year. Devin Hester, I don't think he deserves to be in. A return guy who had really two good years. But Steve McMichael went in. He was part of the Bears' 85 championship team. Yes. Had that run with pro wrestling for a while. But Mongo is – Fighting Lou Gehrig's disease. He's, you know, he's not the big Mongo. So when you show him, it's just, it's kind of sad. His wife was at the game last night when they showed all the people. I'm not saying Steve McMichael doesn't belong in the Hall of Fame. It's just kind of weird. He goes in the year he's on his deathbed. I don't know if that's kind of a, geez. You, and I don't know how to feel about it. It's like, if you're a fan of his or family member, it's like, do you say about time? Do you think, well, it is about right? Or do you think we don't want your pity? I I wouldn't know how the family would think on that, you know, because he is a Hall of Fame player, I think. Yeah. You know, but it's like. But you're right. Geez. The coincidence for just right now. And I think they do get together and say, look, this is a last shot for so-and-so. Um, you know, yeah. How about we throw his name in the cap for family purposes? But that's we probably. Kind of him anyway. Let's speed it up a little bit. His health is bad. You know. It's all in good faith. Now, Devin Hester had a couple good seasons. Very good seasons. Right. But. Right. We have to get the definition of Hall of Fame instilled in what in, in people. You know, this is a top of the top of the top. Maurer, very good, probably Hall of Fame. But I don't uh, think it's first ballot. But first ballot, I mean, this is there's so many people out there that are in there that I think eventually he could get in. But what was the status on Maurer there today? It was him and Buster Posley combined. Don't have as many innings under their belt as Yadi Molina does. Yes, and so and Molina's <laughs> not not in it, but he's got the double the amount of innings behind the plate in an actual ML, MLB game. Buster, Buster and Mauer combined don't have as much as him, and everybody keeps saying and Mauer Buster. combined. Yeah. Now Mauer switched to first base. Uh, you know, so but I, still. It, it goes to show the true Hall of Fame talent. It, it's so far out there that. You have to be, first of all, on your team's 
ring of honor or, or, yeah. or MVP of your local team and then get, you know, onto the next step. But McMichael, many, many years, wow. Steve McMichael with some great teams. Yeah. It's a great bear. You have a uh, part two for trivia, Andy. Yes. My well, part two, like I said earlier was about the, uh, the Vikings, the overtime game was. Okay. So yes, yeah, so I think it was the Vikings that had that. They've enacted the new rule, so each team gets a fair chance. If you're going to get of the goal, Falcons game, yeah, we're you're going to get a touchdown right away and win it, and that's it. Now, the over/under I think for last night's game was 46 and a half points, and they ended at 47. Funny in Vegas, how's that work? And it happens in Vegas. San Francisco was favored by I think two and a half points. They lost by three, but the over/under yeah, I yeah. thought was very. Uh, very interesting how that ended up there with the touchdown at the end. But was, was that a shout out from Roxy? I just heard. No. Oh. No shout outs uh, for Roxy. Roxy does not speak. We don't hear her anymore, except when she's dreaming. But she's sixteen and a half years old. There's no. We don't see much verbal action from her. Shadow hits twenty this summer. Wow. Yes. Well, it'll be a big party. Yeah. He's he, he's an odd one with with the, the hearing God and the vision not far behind. Makes it for a very interesting. But anyway, this is really our last football story for the regular football season. We'll cover a little spring stuff. We'll cover some UFL, some arena football. But the regular football season, we're going to focus shift now to baseball full time. And also, you see some, a lot of UFL and arena on the social media pages. A lot of coverage yep. there. And we're going to switch to a lot of college basketball uh, tournaments coming up. Hockey ter- tournaments. Um, yep. State tournaments aren't far behind now. State, you know, we're only a few weeks, uh, two, three weeks away. And Daytona 500 on Sunday. Baby. March Madness. Daytona on Sunday. That'll be good. All right, everyone, have a good week. See ya. See ya.